When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the center of controversy, Miss Trina Michaels, and you're listening to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. I never know if you're actually going to do uh, anything or not, because you just kind of sit there. Me? Yeah, you know. <laughs> are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening. Please welcome your host for today. Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. Troy is here. Hey. I call them like I see them, all right? And Taz is here. I mean, Sal is here. It's Taz! Well, look at it this way. The first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick. You work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for the rundown. Everybody to the rundown. I'm your host Troy. Joining me, Sal's here. Hey, I haven't spoken to you in a long time. I know it's been forever. And Jason's here. Well, Jason. actually, I, yeah, I had to come back because the last two podcasts Sal's been on, there were shots fired. So I'm on here to defend my good name. So Take it down a notch, shots fired. <laughs> Get you a meme. <sighs> How you doing, Jason? I'm doing good. Actually, interesting, uh, cool little thing tonight. Uh, we're just sitting around the living room waiting to start recording, and uh, Lisa opened her email, and she had an email inviting Jackson to participate in a national showcase team tournament, try out for a national uh-huh. showcase team. So, cool. Pretty cool. Out of nowhere, I didn't expect it. It's it's crazy because I was just saying to one of my friends, I was just texting <laughs> with him, and it's like. People always tell me how good he is, but it's like, to me, I see it all the time. So it's one of those, like, you know, you know a kid's really good when you see him, and you don't see him that often. But when you when it's the same kids you see all the time, you sort of start to take it for granted a little bit. So it's really sort of cool to hear from other people, like, no, no, we think he's that level good. Um, uh-huh. So that was pretty cool. I was, I'm very proud of, proud of him. So Cool. Now, not to assume, but uh, baseball? Yes. Ah, okay. He did get asked to play up with the eighth grade team for a uh, holiday tournament next week at basketball. So doing well, at, doing well at both. How's he liking basketball this year? Loves it. Loves it. Nice. He, he actually just nice. finished his middle school season tonight. Um, so he's a little bit down because he's realized it's sort of like the last time that group will ever play together. Because uh, hmm. some yeah, kids sucks. will go to different high schools and stuff. So they uh, oh yeah, they're gonna have a little like 
party and award ceremony tomorrow instead of practice. So, nice. Yeah, it's good. Good season. He had a good season. So, good. 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 So we got quite a bit to talk about. Well, uh, Troy, how have you been? Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I've been okay. Um, our our faux spring has passed, and we are right back into into winter again. <laughs> uh, so, which was a lot of fun. It took me about an hour to get home from work, which mm-hmm. usually only takes me twenty minutes. Um, I got to see a lot of wrecked cars, which was always interesting. Better than wrecked anuses. Um, you know, depends in the mood you're in. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been uh, honestly, uh, in in terms of uh, of my normally is the time I talk about what movies and shit like that I'm watching. Uh, it's been I've been watching The Last of Us, which has been fucking amazing, phenomenal. Love it. Um, and then I started watching uh, Poker Face last weekend. Poker Face? I barely uh, know her. Right. Uh, <laughs> it is, it's a, a series on Peacock uh, by Ryan Johnson, the guy Sorry. who made like Excuse nine. Me. Sorry. The cock. On the cock. Thank you. Yeah, it's on, it's on the, uh, Poker Face is on the cock. <laughs> and uh, it's it's made by Ryan Johnson, who makes, uh, who made like Knives Out and mm-hmm. Glass Onion. Yep. Uh, and it's, it stars Natasha Leone. Uh, and she's like a, a human lie detector, essentially. Um, it was, it was, I watched the first episode. It was really good. Um, Adrian Brody was in it. Benjamin Bratt was in it. So there's... Uh, Fox it, used to have a TV show along the same lines with a guy who was like a human lie detector. I think it was the guy who was the... Might have been the guy who was the bad guy in the first season of Jessica Jones. Was, uh, oh, shit. David Tennant? It might have been him. Fuck! What was it called? Um, like you're lie- not talking about you're not talking about lie to me, are you? Yes, yes. That's Tim. That's Tim Roth. Okay, <laughs> he's the he's the uh, bad guy in the original Hulk movie, and okay. also was in like Pulp Fiction stuff like that. No, lie to me yeah. was great. Yeah, um, yeah. That that whole thing was he was able to like look at facial expressions right. and micro expressions of like that. This is more like they explain it as like she just she can't like she just can tell when something's off. Okay. Like when people uh, people people will like, the it starts out being like she's an excellent card player because she can tell when people are bluffing you know, <laughs> but yeah it was a it was a good first episode it was interesting and uh, yeah um, otherwise it's been <laughs> just uh, um, you know trying to keep my head above water on a lot of things so yeah I'm I'm looking forward <laughs> to Last of Us at some point I'm just gonna I'm gonna wait till it's over and just binge the whole thing like so yeah. <laughs> So, um, I would say that the show sort of lends itself more to watching it, it weekly. Okay. Um, but obviously, you know, binge watching it too is is not a problem, and it's it is very interesting and interesting enough that, that you'll definitely get a lot out of it. Um, that's another one of those ones where now, I haven't played the video game. Me neither. I uh, I played maybe twenty minutes of it, I should say. Um, so I, so watching it. Everything's new to me. Like, like uh, there's there's nothing that was really spoiled for me, uh, which is good. And uh, um, and they are apparently they are doing some things different. So like people who are fans of the game and stuff like that, there are things they you know. <laughs> That's a double edged sword because I remember when uh, Walking Dead would do things different than the comic book, and people would lose their fucking minds about it. See, and I completely understand that, 
but the person who created the the Last of Us TV show is the guy who made the video game. So it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to hard to argue yeah. with the choices that he makes. Where you're yeah. like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, like if George R. R. Martin was more a part of Game of Thrones, we probably would have got a better a better couple of years of that. Never you watched know? it. Oh well, don't start now. Well, maybe start start. Now <sighs> I will say the, I will say it's for for the three of us who are sort of nerds. Um, mm-hmm. It is the release weekend of the first film of Marvel Phase 5, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. It comes out this mm-hmm. weekend. Yeah. And Sal just got a weird look on his face. Yeah, I might already have tickets to go see it on set. There you go. Nice. <laughs> nice. nice. Um, it's a long weekend, so I might, Jackson and I may head out like Monday morning. I like to catch, I like to go early to the movies. I like to go before it's packed, and I can go to like the big, like we call, I don't know, we call it here, it's, um, oh, fuck, what's the... Like the stadium seating with the comfy yeah. leather chairs and shit. I oh, forget yeah. what they. That's, every place has that. Yeah, now. it's but so that's, much better. Than, oh yes, that's the way. I know I sound like an old guy when I'm like, back in my day, we didn't have chairs <laughs> right? like this. But yeah. like, to be able to just sit there in a recliner, at the and movies, to have like, space for a big guy like me to have space from like the not have somebody like yeah. right on your elbow, which is part right. of the reason I like to go early in the morning. I don't like to go to a crowded theater. Right. Just, I'm, yeah. yeah. It's not no, like well, a phobia I, or anything. I just don't enjoy it as much. The, so. the thing is, at the theater I go to in Woburn, it's not typically that busy, even for something like this. I mean, obviously, for like Infinity Wars and Endgame, it would have been like crazy. But, right. you know, since Marvel's kind of cooled off, I can get tickets on a Saturday afternoon and it, it won't be crazy, crazy. Yeah. But um, I gave my daughter the option. I was like, uh, so when do you want to go see it? She's like, well, it comes out on Friday, but let's not go on Friday. But I can't wait like that, like too much longer after that, because then everything will be spoiled. And I'm like, all right, then uh, we'll go on Saturday. Fine. So oh, I'm sure people are getting their memes ready for it already. Uh, so we haven't. I haven't been on in the last two weeks or last week. I don't know. Whatever. It's been a while. Um, Jackson decided that he saw the trailer for Scream Six when I was watching it on my iPad. And he's like, that looks fucking cool. So then we got to, we went back and watched the entire series of Scream movies. So now he's all pumped for that. Probably more for, awesome. more than Ant Man, which is weird because wow. he's usually been so into Marvel. Right. Um, so he's so that's kind of cool. But that's another one that you got to go see it early because the spoilers will be out there in force. And movie yeah. like that, once the spoilers out there and you know who the killer is, it sort of takes some of the enjoyment out of the movie. Right. So, did you watch the the trailer for the new Flash movie? I have not. I saw okay. that. That was on the. Did you see? Um, they had a commercial for it on the Super Bowl. I think. Yes. Probably. I didn't watch I, the Super Bowl. I will say. Uh, I will say the. <laughs> oh, you didn't first... watch it. Why would I? <laughs> I I always because it's the last football game of the year. So I always watch no the matter, Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So no matter who's playing, because it's like I now I miss football. Now mm. it's not on, and I'm like, oh. Well, Jackson's I mean, a Chiefs I, fan, so I was watching it either way, but still. Oh, there you go. I um, watched, I mean, I mean, I saw all the highlights from it, some of that. I saw the, like, the halftime performance, shit like that. I, I was going to see it one way or the other. I knew that, so. My favorite part of that whole live. thing was Philly fans losing their fucking mind about, oh, I can't believe that fucking holding call at the end, and then the, the guy from Philly being like, no, I held him. Yeah, no, I can't I believe they fucking made that call. Like, to, dude literally only, said he held him. Not only that, it's like, you're upset because of a holding call with two minutes to go, where they still didn't get a touchdown, they got a field goal. Mm. <laughs> it's like yeah, but it did allow them to keep the clock running and kill it. So far I know I shot, so it did alter. I I know I know that it altered it in that way, but yeah, it was like 
Yeah, they, the the guy said, like, yeah, I held him. Yeah. And, like, yes, I understand. You could say, like, oh, well, they weren't calling it the entire time or whatever that, but it's like, I don't know that that really would have made that big of a difference if that wouldn't have been called. Yeah. You know, maybe well, Philly gets another shot, is, but, yeah. If you're If you're a Philly fan... And I say this with all due respect. Do, you do not need um, to show any respect to Philly sports fans. <laughs> <laughs> you were up by ten at the half. Right. Yeah. You fucking yeah. blew it defensively. That's the that's the thing. It, every, everyone's claiming like it shouldn't come down to it's like it didn't come down to one play. It came <laughs> down to the fact that they fucking collapsed in the, in the second half. Right. Dude, it was embarrassing. They would they yeah. were. Uh, I don't know about embarrassing. <laughs> like Atlanta and the Patriots was embarrassing. That was oh, yeah, what, yeah. twenty-eight to three. This was oh, a ten-point right. lead. Yeah. Ten-point leads in the NFL are nothing. It's like right. a four-point no, lead in basketball way, in the Super Bowl. The yeah. way the Chiefs marched up and down the field that second half, there, there was nothing Philly could do. Granted, it's the Chiefs' offense. I get it. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, you yeah, played the, two quarters. But all that being equal, it still required a field goal at the end to win. Yeah. So, I mean, it, yeah, it was it, a, you know, Philly held their yeah. end, too. Right. But it's like, but you also didn't get a single sack. Uh, against them, and it's like you can't you can't be in the Super Bowl and not sack the opposing quarterback. Like you just can't. Yeah. Like you need to be able to. Like the fact that that Kansas City's offensive line did so well. It's like yeah, and you you remember, it was what three years ago that they like completely scrapped almost their entire offensive line because like yeah. every one of these guys fucking suck. Yeah. And they yeah. went on, they fixed it. <laughs> so. Okay, we're on that. I love the fact that, of course, Andy reads like I went to a restaurant and I, I ordered like a, a cheeseburger and I ordered a salad too, just for so I, my chubbiness wouldn't feel so bad. <laughs> it's like I I can't I can't not like that dude. Yeah, I, know. I should I should hate him, but he is a very but he's another dude. one of those like I got the gastric bypass and now I'm just big and fat again. Like yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of trailers, because we were talking about it and we're talking and Marvel stuff. Um, I gotta say, and may, I hopefully I'm wrong, and it's a precursor to what will be a really great movie. But I was not; my dick was not blown off by the new Guardians trailer. I thought it was sort of meh. Did I see the new yeah. Guardians trailer? I'm not sure. I think I did, and I and I don't think I was that impressed either. I was yeah. just like, meh. Yeah. After after watching the holiday special, I haven't um, watched that yet. No, sure. that's what I watched. I watched the holiday special. I did not see the trailer yet. So it was on the Super Bowl. Okay, yeah. so uh, watching that, it's like okay, I can I can see you know what they're trying to do, and like there there, there was some funny parts to it, mm-hmm. but it was like it's like this is kind of getting old, and like it's it's sort of losing its charm at this point. Right. And I'm not the type of person who sits there and shits on Chris Pratt because his family belongs to an anti-gay church or whatever the fuck they want to try to cancel him for. I don't care about that shit. Yeah. He's a, he's a very good fucking actor. He's very yeah. funny and stuff like that. But yeah, like this, this I'm sure will be the last one. And I think that James Gunn has already said, this is going to be the last one. Cause he's, well, Batista's already said he's glad to be done playing. Uh, yeah. Tracks, but, so. Yeah. Batista's done. James Gunn is done. He's already moved over to fucking DC. So, We'll see what happens with it, but like yeah. it's like yeah, it it is like the the first one was so fucking good. Yeah, and yeah, no, it re- it really was hundred yeah. percent. Second one I thought was, was great too, honestly. Yeah, the second one it. was great too. Yeah, um, and and they seem to know. But like I said, if you if you watch the holiday special, they're like, okay, yeah, the shtick is getting a little old at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'll but, go back and watch the holiday special. I never did. I, I will yeah. say that I am excited for Ant Man because, like you said, it is the start of Phase Five. 
And it's and, and it's the introduction. Well, I mean, we've seen Kang before if you watch the Loki, Loki series, but the Loki series, it's the first yeah. cinematic involvement of Kang, and it, it'll be very interesting to see where that goes. Plus, <laughs> Kang you, was there for the last episode and like maybe fifteen plus, minutes of it. I think so. I read somewhere that IMDb at least at some point had credited Robert Downey Jr. as being in the movie. Maybe, yeah, which is possible considering. The, the, that Kang's the, whole the thing con- is fucking with timelines. So yeah, right. Yeah, but also like if you if you want to get technical about it, he's not technactly Kang in the Loki series. He's like the one that remains one or something like that. Well, they didn't name him. Yeah, they didn't name him. Yeah, we all but, like the right. comic book fans name yeah. him, and right, we know. Yeah, but also like. Jonathan Majors is an incredible fucking actor, so I'm so excited to see him in this role because he did such a good job before. And unlike, um, oh god, now I'm blanking. Um, Fuck the bad guy in Endgame. Thanos. Thanos. Yes. Unlike Thanos, Kang is not like physically intimidating. It's a completely different kind of supervillain, which I sort of dig. Yeah, and he's got better. I never was. He's got a lot of. Yeah, he's like one, of, one of my too. favorite bad guys. And we mentioned it before. Was was Jessica Jones, the guy who mm. skinny little English guy. Nobody thinks, <laughs> it, but he can fucking destroy you with your mind. Like to me, that was one of the best villains Marvel's had. Well, Loki but he, in the yeah. first Avengers was great. Yeah, yeah. until uh, Hulk, like kicked the shit out of him. Huh? But <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting. Oh, we got sure. predictions tonight too. Oh, yes. Yeah, we yeah. do, sir. Busy night. So, what do we want to do first? All right. So, can I start off with? I know you guys don't want to talk about AEW, but I do want to talk about something. Uh, I want to. I want to go ahead and, and and say I was not a part of that conversation, yeah. saying that uh, that I was done talking about AEW. Yeah. That was Adam and Sal. No, and I, I am, and I don't think we should be done talking about no, AEW. Like, I am a hundred percent prepared to shit on yeah. AEW at all. I was going to say so. now we can just gonna <laughs> shit on. Them well, that's fine. We. Dude, how many yeah. years did we spend hate watching WWE? Right. Let's be real. Yeah, but yeah. They're, they're number one. There's a difference. Well, it depends on. I mean, AEW might be if you paraplegic. Um, <laughs> All right, so paraplegic albino about? Germans. Uh, they're number one in that demo. So, um, but in any event, well, we should probably make sure we're taking titles because Adam's not here to give us a whole fucking list at the end. Um, <laughs> it just occurred to me. Um, so, I agree with you guys last week, what you said. I do think the product has gotten very bad. Um, but to me, it's for a different reason than really what you guys talked about, which is everything to me is stale right now. And I've talked in the past, three years in, Orange Cassidy hasn't changed. Three years in, really, Omega and the Bucks are still the same guys. Like, who in this company has undergone any sort of real change? Which, and I want to do this because I wanted to revisit something that we had talked about in the past, which is immediately after MJF won the title sale, you and I had a very back-and-forth debate Mm -hmm. with me saying that I thought they missed the boat big time not keeping MJF as sort of the asshole face. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And now, sitting here watching MJF do the same shtick he did for three years, I'm bored with it. I'm over it. It does nothing for me. And I think his title run has been bland as shit. He's mm-hmm. still doing the, hey, you gotta go through everybody before you can get to me. Just the same fucking thing he's been doing for three goddamn years. Mm-hmm. I think 
him as the asshole face injected some life into this company during the lead up to that pay-per-view. It gave something new, something fresh, something different that they hadn't done before. A character almost that's different. We've, we haven't really seen a, a guy be a complete asshole and be so over since maybe Austin. Not that I'm comparing Austin MJF because I'm not, but it's in that sort of mold of a guy who's like that, but gets so over with the fans. Do you still think that that was the right decision to turn him back heel? Or do you think they should have now, now in retrospect, looking back with a little bit of seeing where they've gone with it, do you think they still made the right call? I don't think it would have been more than a flash in the pan, even if he stayed face because similar to, you know, even when we had like Kofi mania and, and the Daniel Bryan story, once they win the belt, that's like the peak of the story. And then when I look at this company and I look at, who they would have randomly pulled out of a bag to be his first challenger. Like, I'm not impressed. Like who's the, who heel wise would have been a good uh, challenger for MJF. What are you going to build up Miro? Like, there's a lot of a mess in that company right now. And nobody seems to have any direction. You could turn Daniel Bryan heel and still have the same match. I actually think Daniel Bryan is more compelling as a heel at this point because, as a face, he's just sort of there. And that's yeah. a, that, to me, is the true indictment on this company. You've got Daniel Bryan getting ready to go into a, a 60-minute Iron Man match, and I'm just like, meh. Yeah, it's crazy to think that he's essentially Dolph Ziggler in AEW. Yeah, he's not like, winning that he's, title. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to take it off MJF. So this and is they've, spent, be, what, their, the they've spent the last month trying to convince us MJF isn't good enough to be in an Iron Man match with Daniel Bryan. Well, then why the fuck am I going to give you 50 bucks to watch your pay-per-view? If you've literally told me the match isn't going to be any good because MJF isn't a good worker, why am I going to watch it? Well, I think the idea, and I don't know, I'm not saying they're going to pull this off, but I think the idea is that MJF goes out there, Bryan gets an amazing match out of him. But it's difficult in this day and age to do a 60-minute Iron Man match and make it good. My favorite part about this whole thing is that Tony Schiavone on his podcast, before he worked for AEW at all, on his podcast, railed against how much he hated war games. And now he's got to put over how great Blood and Guts is. And he railed against the Iron Man match, and now he's going to have to put this thing over. Um, You know what? The one thing thing I will say, and and like you said, the the story or the buildup that they've put behind this feud is just every MJF feud. Yeah. It's it's literally which by the way is also every Chris Jericho feud. Yep. Well, yes, but remember when MJF did this to Jericho, so that's why he get you know. <laughs> but um, I thought they did a decent job with one thing this week, and that was Christopher Daniels' side of it. Yeah. Because first of all, it was nice to see him, and and well, he wrestled he kinda, on Rampage last week, but. Well, again, see if you don't watch <laughs> TNT and you just watch the Wednesday night show, you have no fucking idea. And that's not my fault. They started booking Rampage like shit. So it started just being another episode of Dark. Started. Shit, that that show has never been good. Uh, that is uh, where, it isn't, like the first month. Isn't that where Christian Cage beat Kenny Omega for the uh, championship? Yes. The Impact yeah, the so Impact it was for, literally yeah. that first month. It was when uh, Punk yeah. showed up and then Omega beat, uh, or yeah, was, Christian beat Omega. That was but, the yeah. return of Punk was actually on Rampage, not Dynamite. Yeah. And that's that's the only time that they got one million for Rampage. 
and then they just right. hemorrhaged from there. So I, I no, to be honest, I was thinking about that today when we were talking about. Um, I'm sorry, when I was watching Dynamite, I was thinking like, you know, I wonder if if they had kept him babyface, but like this, man. But I don't know because this company just makes so many weird at at this point nonsensical choices. A f- all right, and I know, I know what I'm about to say. Don't give me the don't give me the looks, but at this point. The face asshole MJF that we saw leading up to the last pay-per-view, just absolutely shitting all over Chris Jericho would be something I'd be into watching. Don't want to see the match necessarily, but the build to it I'd be there to see. Oh, yeah, baby face MJF. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. That. So you're saying who who do you put him up? There's who you put him up. But no, not Jericho again. God. But but <laughs> but so let's because I like to be constructive rather than destructive on this show. Sure. How would you fix AEW? Hire okay. a writer. <laughs> Basically, is what I was going to say. Either a continuity manager, like we heard about years ago. Um, a booker who's got like a really strong sense of what he wants to do with with this roster. Um, they had that. They had success. William Regal. They let him go. Yeah, he wasn't booking anything. No, but he was supposed to be the big idea guy for them. Well, so that that's the. And I'm not even saying this because I don't like the person. I'm I'm literally saying this just performance based. Take the show out of Tony's hands because it can't grow doing the same shit we've been doing for three years. He's he's Vince Jr. He's he's everything that he, he claims Vince should be hated for. He's a guy that doesn't listen to anybody and just goes up there and just does what he... What's that? Well, I mean, like you say... like oh, well, I mean, without the crowd reactions, he ain't putting that title on Jamie Hayter. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. there are instances, very clear instances, where the crowd has altered what his plans for something were. Sure. The problem is, is that he has no fucking clue how to book somebody after they win the championship. I cannot tell you a single title reign that I have felt has lived up to the chase beforehand. No, that's, a, that's could... a common problem, however, but yeah. not only that, no, it goes deeper than that because I, as somebody who's watched every fucking episode of dynamite, apparently he... the last one, cause you quit last week. Yeah, no, I watched it. I watched it today for the show. Oh, this was a bad one. Uh, this was worse than last gosh. week by a lot. The only thing from this week that I felt was okay was uh, Christopher Daniels, and um, there was a match early on that I thought was okay. Who the fuck was it? I don't even remember now. That's how fucking. That's how forgettable it was. Like. I think that part of the issue is, you know, when when AEW first started, there was a lot of times where you, they would take these guys that were really good that people hadn't seen before on TV. You know, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, MJF, and they, they put them in matches where the guys were able to show how fucking good they were. Mm-hmm. But then they just kept doing that. And the talent pool that they were pulling from kept getting worse and worse to the point now where they're like, look, we have Action Andretti, and he's going to fucking put you over. But they never followed up with the original guys that they like started to build up. So you've got Sammy, who's literally in the same position that he's been in for, for four years. Right. you got Darby Allen, who's still fucking kicking around there and Man, almost Darby. killing himself. 
Yeah, but they're all in the same exact position. So not only are some of them, but that sort of ties into what I was saying earlier. Nothing evolves. Nothing has changed. Everything is stale and the same it's been. But not Um, only that. To me, the Jamie haters, the acclaimed, that wasn't Tony coming up with this idea on his own. That was just, oh, the crowd likes it, so sure, give him the title. Yeah, but for how many years did we bitch that we we begged Vince to listen to what the crowd wanted? Yeah. So you can't you can't I, on one hand shit on Vince for not doing it, and then shit on Tony for actually doing it. But what I'm no. saying is Tony doesn't have original ideas. He's just whatever so, the people will tell him, you, he'll do. Did either of you catch um, the Cody Rhodes Broken Skull Sessions with Stone Cold? No. Okay. No. Um, I would go back and watch it at some point if you guys have a little time to kill because it's actually good. But one thing he mentions, and I think it was there, it might have been in an interview, but I'm pretty sure it might have been there, um, was that he didn't have any issues with Kenny and the box. Basically, they, they just had different visions. His vision was more Mid-South storyline, build-up mm-hmm. talent, Theirs was more PWG, and that's what I see on AEW is the PWG yeah. style, which is, and that will work on a spot show that runs <laughs> once every month, once every couple of months, and it doesn't need to have weekly progression of storylines. You can get by on just great in-ring action in that scenario. You can't <clears throat> do that here. You can you can put great matches. I actually had. Um, friend of the show, former sit-down guest, uh, Slick Wagner Brown, shout out, test of strength, um, posted something on his Facebook. Um, somebody had asked a question about um, how to make money in wrestling or something to that effect. And he posted a long thing. And then I sort of piggybacked off of it, which was to say, you can have, you can learn how to do all the moves. And you can put on, you can be great at doing all the moves. You can do really cool shit. But after the crowd's seen it three, four, five times, they're going to be over it. It's going to dry up. But if you can get them to be emotionally connected to the performer and what happens and emotionally invested in that individual, that is where the money is in this business. Always has been. And if you need any proof, look no further than Sammy fucking Zane. So, 100. Yeah, percent the thing that the thing that I look at it is, so if you're if you're going to sit down and you're going to watch a TV show, like we we were just talking before, so like the the Walking Dead or Poker Face or Last of Us, whatever that, that is a building storyline. The season kind of you know continues to go on. That is what WB tries to do. They try to do where it's like you have to kind of watch each episode in order to get the storyline beats and keep going. Mm-hmm. And to me, AW feels like watching a season of CSI Miami, where it's just random stories in each episode with like very little through line between the whole thing, which can no, be enjoy- enjoyable. Like connecting it. Right. It can be enjoyable. There's, there's an audience for that. But like you said... Rather you want to blame WWE for it or not, we have been sort of conditioned to want to have a building of a storyline. And obviously, we've always had the thing where it's like the weekly show builds to the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And AEW, as we've seen with their most recent pay-per-views, doesn't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't really have anything building towards the pay-per-view where all of a sudden then we're going to get in probably two weeks here, 10 matches booked for the fucking show. Well, they got, they, well, we they got, added we, three more this week, but they, we got three last night. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and and rest assured there will be many more added but so that that okay that brings up an interesting point because originally I thought they were building this emotional connection with me and these new performances I had never seen before in 2019. People like Private Party, mm-hmm. like when they beat the Bucks that time, that was awesome, right? That, that, that time like they beat the Bucks that I predicted, and you yelled at me that they wouldn't be that fucking stupid to have put them over the Bucks. That one, yes. <laughs> okay. um, I just to hold on to that. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, other Kip Sabian, uh, Sammy Guevara, like, and then they started slow at first getting a couple of people that were released, and it was like, oh, how are these guys going to interact with with these AEW guys? That's kind of cool. And then the roster got really bloated. And now there's no time for anybody on TV. you got people who I used to enjoy, like Miro and Andrade, complaining that they're not used on the show and they're not injured. Well, Andrade has a torn pack. But, um, Lance Hoyt. Lance Hoyt. Yeah. Archer, whatever. Whatever his fucking name is. Yeah. Um, Lance Archer sitting there and being like, I haven't wrestled in 51 days and it's not by choice. Yeah, that's kind of an issue. Um, so what you just said, Sal, sort of goes part and parcel with my thing. It's not that they don't consistently push anybody. It's that they've chosen to consistently push the wrong people. Um, oh, you don't mean Wheelie Uter is, isn't that big No, I mean that this is like the <laughs> seventh consecutive week on Dynamite that I have watched Jeff Jarrett wrestle. Yeah. Why? Why am I watching Jeff Jarrett wrestle in 2023 every single fucking week? Why is he on TV every Gunn. single fucking week? Same. Yeah, Billy Gunn. Billy like, Gunn is a character, as a manager for the acclaimed I'm fine with. Don't need yeah, to see him wrestle. Match. Yeah, don't need to see him wrestle now. I, I watched that exchange <laughs> we talk- Jeff and Billy Gunn, and I'm like... Are you kidding me? Like, we, 1998 called. They want their raw back. Like, we talked, we, spent, we, we <laughs> talked about it in the host thread. They have an undefeated streak and put a title on a woman who can't wrestle because she has a good look. And now the matches suck because they don't want to risk putting her in there with anyone that they care about progressing because they're afraid mm-hmm. she'll fucking injure them. Yeah. And they've run out of ideas. She's got a fucking title match against somebody who has never appeared in the company before. Bird fixing? Yes. Oh, she might have done dark or something, but she's never she's, been. Yeah, exactly. No, that's but, all. That's but all you're telling about. you're telling you're telling the fans these titles are on par. There is no secondary titles in AEW. That's the fucking gimmick that we always hear. So why the fuck is Soraya, Tony Storm, Britt Baker? Why are none of them going after challenging Jade? Right. Yeah. Because you can only challenge. You can only challenge. Only one person can challenge the heavyweight champion at the time, or two people, whatever. It's triple threat, whatever. But. There's plenty of opportunities to go challenge for this other title, which you're telling us is on the same level. Why wouldn't they do it? Problem is, they don't want to put Britt Baker in there because they've got money invested in Britt Baker. And if they put Britt Baker in there and she fucking breaks her neck because she doesn't know what she's doing out there, but Vertvix and she breaks her fucking neck, eh, well, whatever, she ain't even a contract, they're going to hurt us. That's the problem. If that's where you have, that's how you have to book a champion. You got the wrong fucking champion. Yeah, but they also don't know how to book the correct champion because notice how Jamie Hader doesn't have a program going into the pay-per-view. Yeah. That's a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have Jamie. a brand new super white. This is what they did with Wardlow. He was white hot, and they don't know what to do with that, and then he just cools off. That's why I was saying about MJF. Yes, he was white hot as a baby face, but would they even know what to do with him? Doesn't after? matter. You at least take a shot yeah. at it. If oh no, I would, fine. If something's working as well it. as that was, there's no I reason. I will. I will admit this: that in retrospect, there was 
probably no reason for them to change it. They should have just let was, it ride. That's all I was looking for. Um, because it would have been much easier, too. Why yeah. change it, right? You, had, you had, okay, I know we all have various feelings on them, but you had a team that is widely regarded, at least in ring, as one of the best tag teams in the world in FTR, and you couldn't stop having them lose matches. And, and, and to, especially towards the end there, but you put the titles on them for one run. You started a program with, with Best Friends, who is another really acclaimed tag team who never gets to fucking compete for the championships, like, ever. Um, and, and then you just dropped that so that you could go into a thrown-together program with the Bucks because it had internet heat, but you didn't build it. It was just sort of there. They had a really good match at a pay-per-view. The Bucks went over, and that was the end of it. We never saw them in the ring again, ever. Yep. And that was supposed to be one of the big draws of this company was Bucks and FTR. Instead, Tony booked them against the Briscoes because he knew he could put them over the Briscoes. He knew the Bucks wouldn't put them over. Speaking of the Briscoes, um, there's one other thing wrong with this company. And I'm not going to accuse anybody anything. I'm not. I'm just going to say the way I feel when I watch it. It bothers me that when someone dies... They kind of run with the next closest person to him for the next few weeks. Mm. They did it with Brody. All of a sudden, the Dark Order was there for three fucking months and having all these tribute shows and having Negative One come out. And <laughs> now all of a sudden, you couldn't have the Briscoes on your TV to to have a program and have a storyline with FTR. But all of a sudden, Mark Briscoe's here every week. Like that bothers me. You well, know? you also you also brought up another great. The Dark Order got over organically by themselves, like, and then you completely gutted the group because you they never are. pushed them, didn't sign them. There was a program at one point where where Hangman was going for Omega's title, and they did that six man tag. And if they had won, Hangman gets the shot at Omega, and the Dark Order gets the shot at the Bucks at the pay per view. That would have been the biggest tag team match AEW could have put together at the time yeah. because the Dark Order was so fucking over, and instead they opted not to do it. And so they got else, too. They were uh, wicked over at that point. They got fucking crickets last night. Yeah. They literally showed up to, to have Hangman's back. Because there's only three of them now. Right. And nobody cares anymore. Anna Jay was over as a member of the Dark Order. No one gives a shit about her now. Right. Yep. Well, Jungle Boy does. Uh, going back to uh, going, going back to uh, which suddenly his his name is back. Is but anyways, it? going back to Jade Cargo, I was just looking oh. at her matches, and uh, you were talking you were talking about how badly booked. She has beaten Sky Blue six times. <laughs> Thank God she, Sky Blue's okay. How many times she beaten Red Velvet? Um, she has beaten her three times. How many times has she beaten Vert Vixen? Twice. Why is she getting a title shot? Twice already before this match. Uh, once already before this match. Okay. She so, she was in a TBS title eliminator match on Rampage two months ago, lost, and is now getting a shot at the title. So, so between, between <laughs> Sky Blue, Red Velvet, and Vert Vixen, there is one-fifth of her entire 50-0 streak. Yes! <laughs> That's bad. Like I'm just looking through here, and obviously you 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 were 100 percent right with some of this. Like other than Thunder Rosa and Ruby Soho, those are the only two people that she beat. That and that was like, like Thunder Rosa was in the tournament, so they had to put her against yes. somebody decent in that tournament. 
And by the right. way, no, Ruby remind me again why Thunder Rose is not around right now? Oh, well, uh, apparently she's forced into retirement. <laughs> I don't she know did. when that injury occurred, but I don't know that it didn't occur then either. Right. That's true. Um, so, yeah, what, what you're just saying. So Thunder Rosa is now just going to be the Spanish announcer. So you're not even going to see her on American TV. No. Nope. You're only going to hear her if you listen to, to the stuff. And despite the fact and, that there were no problems with her, which is what the Melters of the world told us, they apparently yeah. had to bring her in and have a, a locker room meeting to clear the air. About what? Right. I was told there were no problems with her. Right, exactly. What do we have to clear the air about? Right, uh, yeah, weird. Funny how that happens. Um, like, like you said, the crickets for the Dark Order is such it's such a disappointment considering where they were two two years ago. And and fuck the pan- everybody wants to blame the pandemic. It's not the pandemic's fault. They there were people getting over in this company in twenty twenty one. All right, post pandemic. No, no, the Why is Matt Hardy on TV anything. all the time? Why is Matt Hardy friends with Ethan Page? Uh, well, Ethan Page bought his contract. That's the fucking yeah, story. But now like, Why is yeah, Ethan but- Page not being pushed in this company? Here's a talented young guy, charismatic, good in the ring, great on a mic. Why can this guy not get a fucking sniff of anything? Was it thing that, for like two weeks or three weeks or something, and then we just like forgot about yeah, him? But Remember, they did that, that was- only so that when he lost. It would mean, mean something when he lost in the fucking. That was, was it that, the, um, that was the Miro storyline that he turned down. Yeah, they gave it yeah, to yeah. Ethan Page because Miro's like, I'm not going to come on on the show for two weeks just to lose. Yeah, it was in, the, the tournament there. The, yeah, uh, yeah, for the shot yeah. at the title. And then, um, but you have to find time to feature Satnam Singh, who's <laughs> seven foot four, just so they can say the catchphrase "one in a billion. But the dude can't go. He was awful. He can't even awful move. This week. Awful. Yeah. Oh, Jason's exaggerating. Hundred percent looked like he. Great colleague. First time he ever stepped in a ring. I mean the 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 introduction to this guy got botched. Huh. So yeah. and they just haven't done anything with it else. But the thing that the thing that annoys me, and I think you're starting to see it now, where you know Ethan Page left Impact because of the promise that going to AEW he was going to be a big deal huh. because he was a huge deal in Impact. Yeah. Huge deal. And there he is just being there. And I think that's why you see things. All of a sudden, now you're getting like Nick Aldis being like, yeah, I'm going to just wait for the best offer to come around. You know, he's not he's not leaping at the uh, the uh, opportunity to go to AAW because there's no opportunities there anymore. Josh Alexander, who was Ethan Page's partner in Impact, um, yep. had an offer from AAW when his Impact yep. contract had expired. Resigned with Impact, and during an interview, he was asked about it. He said, I, I mean, I could have gone there and sat in catering for five out of six weeks, or I could be here mm. and be the. And he is the focal point of that company. He's the longest reigning champion. And, and say what you want about Impact, that title has some lineage. There have been some serious yep. names that have been champion. He is the longest reigning champion in that company's history now. That's um, something. And putting on uh, bangers left and right. You know, I, I know you guys don't watch, but I mentioned the, the match he had with Speedball Mike Bailey, where they went almost an hour on TV. AEW ain't letting that guy go an hour on TV and showcase no. himself. No, but you know what the problem is? Like the guys who who you expect them to have go an hour, a guy like Kenny or a guy like Daniel Bryan, they haven't been the focal point recently. And I know they're trying look, with this whole storyline with Daniel Bryan, but it's really just about MJF. Look how many guys they've dropped the ball with. And and granted, some of that is, is not necessarily their fault, but even some of it 
where technically isn't their fault, I still blame them for because the style that they let these guys go out there and work is and people shit on WWE for their quote unquote soft style. But you know what? I don't see all of my top talent injured. I don't see Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly injured at the same time in WWE because they're out there throwing fucking stiff shots all the time in, in matches with each other. I don't see fucking... Look at how much of that roster. Miro we talked about. We talked about Andrade. Miro was hurt at one point. Now he's healthy and they can't put him on TV. Kip Sabian was out for an extended period of time. Just the list of Chuck Taylor fucking broke his neck or some shit. Um, Not Chuck Taylor. uh, um, Shit, Trent, question mark. Um, Ah, Trent, yes. It's just... broke his neck. Uh, Matt Hardy's been concussed about six times. Right. Uh, Adam Page, John Moxley. I gotcha. Uh, Andrade, injured and also suspended. Um, Yeah, for his fight with Sammy backstage. Yep. Uh, CM Punk, obviously. Uh, Griff Garrison is injured. Uh, Jeff Hardy is dead. Um, Kyle O'Reilly has his neck problem. Um, Santana has a knee injury. We all saw his ACL tear on TV. Yep. Uh, uh, Abaddon has a broken collarbone. For the uh, second Chris time, Dat- right? Second time she's broken. Yeah. Her co- yeah. Yep. Chris Statlander has yet again blown on her knee. Uh, Layla Hirsch blew on her knee. Uh, Paige Van Zandt has a broken foot, apparently. Uh, Bunny has, has a, a back injury. <laughs> Bunny has a broken orbital bo- orbital bone. Yes, that's true. Yep. Bunny is also fucking injured, even though it's not listed on here. But yeah, she got kicked in her fucking face and she's dead so yeah that's that's too many people and i and yeah obviously like you know people will instantly turn around and be like well you just is hurt yeah well that's like one person on that roster right almost uh, everybody is back on WWE's roster right because they don't have guys in the back that will say no that's a dumb fucking spot and it's a right. high risk low reward spot stop doing it um I talked about Jason. How would you fix this company? Well, I, I think I've talked a lot about it so far. I would push the right people first and foremost. Um, I would make sure you everything. The problem to me that AEW has, if I'm if I had to pick like one overriding problem, is that they don't make anything special anymore. They will whore out everything in the business and every everything they have to pop a number. And when I say that. Do you even bat an eyelash when someone bleeds in AEW anymore? I was just going to say it's been multiplied so many times that two people bled in the opening match, yeah, and it's been minimalized to the point of no one cares. My 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 listen, I my feelings on CM Punk on this show are well documented. However, I will never not give him credit for the line I'd, I'd have you come out here and get in my face, John, but I'm afraid you just bleed all over me. That's <laughs> fantastic because it's true. The guy gets in the ring and immediately fucking bleeds. Like, right. like I understand why he left WWE. If this is what this is a death match, guys. This is what he thinks sells. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it sells the first time. If you do it in every fucking match, it's not. It doesn't mean anything anymore. When you yep. something fucked up, you know how many times Cactus Jack bled in his career. It wasn't many. Not a lot. Yeah. A lot of people think like, oh, he's a deathmatch guy. No, he saved it because that's money. Right. Right. But yeah. But again, like, 
why you've devalued everything. Finishers mean nothing because everybody kicks out of three finishers on TV every week. Yeah. No, you don't get anything special on the pay-per-views. Pay-per-view because say what you want about WWE TV, and I agree. Sometimes the matches end in disqualifications, whatever. But you go to the pay-per-view, the big payoff, and you usually get money. And we talked. At, you got the money at fucking Royal Rumble. We talked about the ending of that show and how amazing it was. You got the money at the end of that show. Mm-hmm. You don't get that at eight because all you get is to pay fifty dollars for the same match quality that you see on TV every week. I, I hate to do this, but um, <laughs> is a battle royal an AEW special? No. Is they have is two a, for a fucking spots it, in the tag team tournament? Yeah. Is a ladder match an AEW special? That's not something they've done a ton lately. That but I think that was more still, of a Cody thing. Okay, fine, but there's been, but like you said, everything in this business they've done it on Dynamite, right? On fucking Winter is jizzing. So why do I care about Revolution? Right. right. They're running it well, back again, even with the fucking trios titles. Well, let's have uh, AR Fox and, and Top Flight the, face the, uh, the Elite again. We talked about yeah. it during the host that are on the show. I don't remember, but we talked about the. They couldn't stop jerking themselves off about having the best tag team division in the in the world, and it's the fucking guns that have the titles. I was gonna say, yeah, it's the shits. <laughs> like, oh man, I, I saw I saw some hoop jumping. Uh, with that, where it was like, well, they had to have the guns win, so that way when the Acclaim win it back, it'll be like they accomplished them. It's like, no, you don't. That's bad booking. Yeah, you don't have to try to build that's them hot, up by that's having hot, them take that's the... That's hot with yeah. title. Uh, well, over and above that, and we talk about this all the time, shit has to mean something. If you spent two years telling me they're the ass boys and they suck and they're like, then I don't give a shit. It, what does it say about your tag team division that they're the best tag team in your division? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't oh, get it. Also, um, I don't know if you caught this, Jason, but during uh, during the Elite's backstage promo, right, uh, Tony Khan, completely, completely original idea. Uh, we got a little distortion on the screen, and it was uh, House of Black for three seconds. And I'm like, oh, so now we're just copying the Bray Wyatt stuff. How many things, over and above, and I talked about value and the right things, but how many things that should have been huge has this company botched? Uh, I know Chris Jericho doesn't like to use that word, but fuck him. Um, uh, Christian's debut was botched. Christian's, well, his debut was fine, but his follow-up... his return last night too. The, the signings, like, uh, the signings of the debuts of Adam Cole, the runs for Adam Cole, Daniel Bryan, both fucking mediocre. The Sarai thing is already fucked him. Yeah. Oh my um, god! How, how do you? Fucking, you have dude. a woman who hasn't wrestled in what twelve fucking years. The Holy crowd is so shit. over for her. And you immediately yep. go, well, you know, I like Britt Baker, so I got to turn you heel. Sorry. This has got to be record time, right? That somebody that they've cooled off somebody that quick. I mean, Andrade was w, supposed to be like, their next big star. Miro was supposed to be their next big thing. Game changer. Keith, Keith Lee. Keith Lee. Keith yep, Lee. I was gonna say that. We Holy keep forgetting shit. Keith Lee. <laughs> like, Keith how Lee? many of these things have they screwed up? The undisputed elite. That's how successful and amazing was that fucking group in NXT? Mm-hmm. You had him. You had him all except Roddy, and Roddy ain't the glue to that group. I'm telling you right now. No, no, no. Talk about least important member. Um, 
But you you couldn't you couldn't put the titles on Undisputed Elite and do a program with the Bucks, which would have been interesting and fun. No, because you had the titles on fucking Jungle Asses, and you had to make sure you kept the titles on them, because you know you gotta have Jungle Boy's a pillar, so we gotta make sure he's got a belt on him. Yeah. Just the worst possible fucking decisions, because it comes down to Tony books based on who's his boy. That first the the first Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy tag match that they that they had for the titles where they lost was one of the where it was like that crowd was so hot for it they wanted to see them win and they lost yeah and then they, they cooled off and then they put the title belts on them when they already were like yeah i guess <laughs> you know and that's the thing so yes in in one sense they listen to the fans but in the other sense they're late half right. the time they're late to the fucking party like, even with the acclaim, they were pay-per-view too late. The crowd would have fucking exploded if they had won it at um, yeah. All Out. Yeah, and, but, and but, but... Exploding but, Barbara but, death match was a fucking botch, too. Yeah, there you go. Um, putting so much time to Eddie Kingston is another one. Like, there's, there's a reason this guy's never been a top guy anywhere. Um, but what I don't get is... Obviously, had... the handling of the CM Punk and the giving him carte blanche to do whatever the fuck he wants. Uh, you look at guys that they've opted not to push who probably had the the ability to be way more than what they were, guys like Sean Spears. You know, that guy could have been great for this company if pushed the right way. Dude, there was a point. Hangman Page, where... how devalued has he been since he lost the title? And don't, okay. I don't give a fuck about him and Moxley fighting over who bleeds more. Right. You know, I don't fucking understand it because this company has had, like you said, acts that have gotten over organically, and they're just like, hmm, what do we do with that? Ah, better keep him off TV for six weeks. Like, Woodlow was white fucking hot, mm-hmm. and they fucked it up. How? You look at that guy, and you're like, wow, that's a license to print money. Yep. He's got talent. He's young. He's got the look. Because he looks like Roman Reigns. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, take a, take a look at fucking Team Taz. That's just a, a abomination of a fucking stable. You had Powerhouse Hobbs, who was organically getting over as a face. You turn him heel for no fucking reason. You got Ricky Starks, who's really fucking good. And again, there's another guy who they just can't seem to fucking push at all. He'll get, he gets like a little baby push, and then he gets he puts somebody else over. He's be- logic. From, from a logic standpoint, he's already beaten Jericho, and yeah. he's obsessed with getting another match with Jericho so he can beat him again. So much so that when he's willing he to go should, through seventeen people to get there. Exactly. He should be obsessed with you know the world champion because he came this fucking close the to winning the title on Dynamite. Over and above that, the storyline should be Jericho chasing Starks for a match that, to prove yes. it was a fluke. And right. Starks being sort of the smart-ass face a la The Rock years ago. I know that's the easy comparison years ago and just sort of making Jericho jump through hoops. But we're not doing that either. No, See, what I don't not. understand is in the first year of AW in 2019, you introduced all these people to us, and I I liked a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But now those people have been pushed aside, but yet every now and then... You bring them on TV, and I'm supposed to care. Like, I don't. Right. I don't care about Jungle Boy anymore. And it's a shame, because I like the kid. I think yeah, he's but, talented, but... Yeah. So, to, to me, bottom line is this. And I know I know it'll never happen because of all the internet hate. But honestly, there's about 40 people on this roster that should be fired. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't want people to lose their job. Right. But there's way too many people there. You need to make room, and you need to focus on people. And that's the problem is you're trying to give everybody a push, and you can't push everybody, you know? And Jericho is not in a position that he should be continually up in that upper mid card at this point. He should be trying to put over the young guys. He's got a bunch of fucking goons with him, and none of them feel important. They just feel like cannon fodder. There's another lightning in the bottle. Well, I thought Daniel Garcia was getting getting over on his own. And nope. they fucked it up. No, and if he had turned on Jericho, he'd have been over huge. But no, they yeah. couldn't they wouldn't pull the trigger on it because they wanted to stay with the status quo because it's even though easier. he had basically already turned on Jericho. Right. right. They had him turn back. Yeah. Because it was shocking that he turned on Brian Danielson. <sighs> yeah. That but, that's another thing too, is is this this weird thing this company does where it's almost like he realizes he made a mistake and tries to fix it. But he just fixes it by being like, oh, no, that didn't happen. Right. <laughs> it's like, I mean, like, oh, Luchasaurus, Luchasaurus turned on Jungle Boy. I know he didn't. <laughs> I, I don't care how real the situation was, you know, backstage with Punk and the Elite. The bottom line is the next day on TV, all of a sudden we were getting new champions and you never explained why. For the elite, for the trios titles, and for the world championship. Yep. So you did exactly what you had preached for years that that Vince used to do, which is oh, he insults his audience. What did they do? Like, but what that's, did Tony Khan do? But that's the problem. And this is all actual stuff. This doesn't even get into the toxicity of their fan base that makes them hard to root for, too. That's at right. least for me. Um, not to say WWE doesn't have toxic fan base as well, because they do too. For sure. Um, but the inferiority complex that some of the AEW fans have, that they have this constant need to talk about, but not hold AEW to the same standard they hold WWE to. If you want to sit there and tell me something about WWE, that's fine. Absolutely. I'm in no problem. And I have on this very show criticized WWE plenty. Um, but then you better hold AEW to the same standard. That's my issues when it's that double standard. That pisses me off. And that turns me against the product. And it, I, I liked weird. the product for a long time. I've said on this show, I like the product. I like the talent. It's gotten to the point where it's hard for me to watch because, and 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 I want to, I want to, I want my flowers for this one because when this started and Sal, you were here, we had a whole conversation at one point, and what I said was this was in year one or year one and a half. I forget what it was. Um, I said at that time. They are burning through all their money matches, just throwing first-time matches on TV with no build for no reason. You and said it he, with Kenny and Daniel Bryan. Right. And here we sit. What's the money match in AEW now? Here we sit with nothing left to do. What is the money There's match no, in this company right now? Yeah, no, you're not wrong. There's no, like, oh, my God, if these two have a fought. There's no, like, I can't wait for, like, this person to challenge I, for a title. Like, I will give everything. You, I will give you the one money match they have. Wardlow and MJF. Because of sure. circumstances, they never got the real payoff in that program. Wardlow I can't wait for Wardlow to fight 17 people while handcuffed. Right. <laughs> but six weeks before he actually gets his hands right. on MJF. You want to you wanna know what else is the problem? Is So we, last month, we finished a two-month-long best-of-seven series for the Trios Championships. And everybody talked about the fact that, like, you know, oh, it's it's going to be big for for the Death Triangle and everything that. How many time? How many uh, how many shows have the Death Triangle uh, been on since that? They they had visa issues. Okay, 
They, this week was the first week they got the visa issues cleared up and they could be back. I was going to say, Penta and Phoenix are in the Battle Royal next week. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, that that one that one not beyond their control. That's actually something that's affected. That's why you haven't seen Dragon Lee in WWE in NXT yet either. Same thing. Okay, but do but do we need to see the elite every week? I would prefer to see, like. Yeah, I would <laughs> show me your stars. <laughs> Don't give me a show like you just gave me with Mark Briscoe versus Josh Woods. That's the that's a the, throw that shit on Rampage. That's not a dynamite match. Throw that shit on fucking sure. Dark. That's not a rampage, man. That's not a Speaking dynamite match. Which, Give me the elite on dynamite. Except the company that doesn't do rematches on rampage is doing a rematch for the trios titles. Right. Yeah. So that that's the other thing too. You you have purposely not booked Hangman, you know, strong for a while now. And his first match on Dynamite that's not John Moxley is a three-minute match with Kip Sabian where you tried to build heat with the tired old trope of let me beat you up before the match with my boys. Mm-hmm. And the match sucked and the post-match with Moxley was so fucking predictable it wasn't even funny. And then for some reason, like you said, the Dark Order came out and we were all just like who are you again? So, so let me just point this out. And Maybe it maybe it is apropos of nothing. Maybe it means something. I don't know. Creatively, I haven't found AEW interesting since Cody left. Yeah. And maybe that's sure. just maybe it's just that I prefer Cody's style when he talked about the, his his style of booking versus the Bucks and all that stuff. Maybe I just preferred Cody's, and at least I would get that in the Cody segment every week, and so I could leave with something. Um. When you guys, when AEW started, you guys weren't the biggest Cody fans. I get that. I've always been a Cody fan. I've always liked Cody. Um, but I feel like he brought something different to the product, and now it's just all the same shit. I wouldn't say I wasn't the biggest Cody fan when the company started, because I really enjoyed Cody in ROH and with the Bullet Club. And I was excited. I, I loved his program with Nick Aldis going into All In in 2018. Mm-hmm. I thought that was done really well. Um, for me, after the first year or so, and it was probably right around the stupid fucking Anthony Agogo feud, uh, it, I lost it somewhere. I don't know if it was because his wife was doing stupid fucking factions on TV or if it was because his story that they were telling was getting really, really self-righteous. Like, that whole thing was just kind of obnoxious. And for a babyface, I was just like, this is really not good TV. Um, Cody's last few feuds were like that. Oh, I don't know. I thought the uh, Sammy Guevara feud was pretty good at the end. Well, I was thinking, like, Aleister Black. Like, who cared? Like, I, I cared, thought that was I good. I thought, like, I thought that was Cody being very giving to a new guy coming in. And then after, yeah, Cody, and then after yeah. Cody did all that to try to get the guy over, Tony Khan just dropped the fucking thing entirely. Right. <sighs> and if you're, Cody, if you're Cody, you should be pissed by that. Right. You should be like, what the fuck did I just do the whole thing with my boots in the ring and t- get knocked the fuck out in 30 seconds by this guy for if we're not going to push him? Like, that was that was designed to make a star, and you took it and fucking shit all over it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what it started for me with Cody? And I don't know if this was his idea. I doubt it was. But when I can't defend the Anthony Agogo thing, by the way. That no, was... Brody, Brody beat him in record time. He got stretchered out. Mm-hmm. 
and then the first, and then, then we find out it was all because of that stupid goddamn uh, game show. Yeah. Because they needed him off TV while he while he filmed the show, and then as soon as he came back, he won the title back. That's the first time I soured on Cody. And again, I don't know if it was him or, or Tony, but as I that's start when it to started, I, I start to feel like that was Tony. Yeah. Um, so the uh, I I can't say much because uh, I have had an entire show devoted to calling him a twat. But uh, since he has left AEW, I have I have very much turned uh, into a fan of Cody. Except for his catchphrase. I fucking hate it where he starts every interview with, So, what do you guys want to talk about? Oh. <laughs> it is so dumb. <laughs> so, what do you want to talk about? It's, it's, it's the only thing. It's to definitely be that not like. who's ready for story time with Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> yeah. That's so. I, like, so, uh, to, in order to sort of put a little bit of a bow on this conversation, let's just say. We, we we are Kang. We can go back and alter the timelines. What is one thing AEW related that you wish you could go back and change? For the good or the bad, for a guy who showed up, for a guy who never should have, what would be the one thing you would you would undo if you could? Hmm. There's so many. <laughs> so for me for me there's one big one. And okay. I think for this individual, this might feel, he might feel this way, although he wouldn't admit it publicly. I can't imagine how good Adam Cole would be in a Triple H controlled WWE right now had right. he stayed in that <clears throat> company. And he would have worked a style that probably wouldn't have got him brain damaged. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, it wasn't a Triple H run company when he left. No, 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 but had he stayed, had he stayed right now... I don't know what would have happened had he stayed if Vince had him for the first eight months. You know what I mean? Even if Vince did, Triple H would have undone it all. Yeah. My thing, if I had to pick one thing, because God knows there's been a lot, I would actually go back, speaking of Adam Cole, to Full Gear 2021... And that's the one thing I would alter. Do not have him and Daniel Bryan debut on the same night. In the same fucking segment. <laughs> Adam Cole, who is such a fucking big deal. He's got the ties with the elite. He's got that story with the Bullet Club. And he comes out there, and then within five seconds, which is a common theme with this company, you un. You made that not uh, well, not important by took, bringing out Brian Daniels. Over and above that, you took the biggest star from NXT and made him the fourth or fifth most important guy in the Elite faction. Mm-hmm. Which, true. for all the pettiness Triple H gets for beating Sting at WrestleMania, and yes, that was the wrong choice, but how is this any different? You You mean to tell me that the fact that they put Adam Cole in that group where he would be marginalized had nothing to do with the fact that he was against them on Wednesday nights? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they definitely missed a boat. If he comes out and super kicks Kenny Omega and you go oh into that God. program. And then Omega Kyle shows and Cole, up. And yes. Then Fisher, that's the fucking money right there. That is there. the money. And then, you have, and then you have Daniel Bryan in the back pocket still. It's just, yeah, yeah it's a comedy of errors. It's, a, they, it, it's, a, it's just, ugh. That, to me, was the night that it everything started going downhill after that. Very soon after that, we started doing the stupid New Japan shit and booking to Forbidden Door and, like, it's a mess. And that's the other big Fucking thing Tony needs, to, Tony needs to start booking for his audience, not other promotions' audiences. He's got to fucking... 
Also, don't I book mean, for ROH's audience because there's a reason ROH went out of business. The audience isn't that big. Oh, just wait because it's coming. Uh, That's the, the thing bottom. too. By the way, where's About Athena these days? She's, she's, isn't she the women, ROH Women's yeah. Champion? Yeah, haven't I mean, seen her since she won the title, so. really. <laughs> they, didn't she's they just there. do she's an ROH there. thing that she that, wasn't even a part of? That's the other thing that yeah. completely killed this, I mean, ruined this company for me as, my, as far as my enjoyment. You spread yourself too thin. Mm-hmm. I don't want to learn 30, 40 people from the New Japan roster, and I damn sure don't want fucking 30, 40 minutes of my TV taken up by ROH guys. Huh? No, we talked for we've talked for years about how people the, the same fans who cheer AEW were the same ones telling us, "Oh, WWE has too many titles; they don't mean anything anymore." Blah blah blah. But they're okay now because oh, ROH has their own title history. Fuck you. Speaking, of, say, speaking of shows with lots of title matches, how's Hard Times coming, Sal? Uh, it's it's um. I haven't started yet, but I will. Uh, I totally will. I see what you're doing. Speaking. You're waiting until it's off of totallylegal.com, and then you can't be forced to watch no, it anymore. No, there's always YouTube. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of hard times, I, I am still intending to watch uh, my punishment, but uh, obviously it's not something that I can watch at work. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say um, you you talked about you know if, if we could go back and change oh, something. Yes. Uh, I, I will say, completely redo Forbidden Door. Um, do it the correct way, uh, which is not what they did. <laughs> you mean <laughs> they, actually they put not. over some New Japan guys and make them yes. feel important? Yeah. Yes. But it actually got me thinking because I was listening to uh, a podcast, uh, The Wrestler Review, which I can plug because they're dying. Um, and they were talking about Shawn Michaels, and they were remarking about the fact uh, of how how different it would have been if Sean had left and gone to WCW with the rest of the click members. And that kind of like puts you down a fucking rabbit hole of thinking on how, how that would have been different. Like, would he have been in like a a really good position? Like he was in WWF or would he have been like the fourth guy in the NWO and just like kind of passed over? It's a, it's a very interesting kind of thing. Talk about a bullet being dodged. He has said it himself in his book how close he was and how much he wanted to go over there. And just the whole fucking WWE and WCW landscape would have changed. I think Sean would have had a very similar career trajectory to Brett where he's just there. He's just another guy. To the forbidden door point that Troy made, AEW has now twice had Kazuchika Okada on their tea, on their show and made him feel like just another guy. I was yeah. just going to say that as far as Forbidden Door, if they could go back and change one thing, maybe book Okada in a, in a singles <laughs> match. Like, Why do you not bring yeah. the American audience Okada Omega? That's what I was yeah. going to say. If you have it, why not do it? Right. Why? All right, Let's, I think we've talked enough about AEW. I, I, I don't want to talk about AEW anymore. We talk about it for a half an hour. I will say one more thing before we move on. Um, it, it annoys me that Tony Khan is going to look at the ratings from this from this show, and he's going to go, see, that's why I don't put the women in the main event. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that pisses me off because, no, they, they didn't draw because you – completely fucking botched the, the women's division and you had a person spray paint another woman's ass crack as as part of the match. I will say this. 
I'm trying to think, but I think Britt Baker and Soraya is the best build to a women's match they've had. If that's what we're going to go to. <laughs> oh, but you mean when, oh, you mean the first time they fought? Yes, but yeah, I'm saying yeah, like, sure. but I'm saying like in terms of you want to put the women in the main event, it has to be a match that means something, that has some story to it. It can't just be right. a random thrown together triple threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, just, they were trying to push the story of oh, Ruby's stuck in the middle, but you know, to me, the problem is Ruby's not a star. Ruby's a good, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, a good hand. She'll she'll go out there, she'll give you a good match. She can be in a mid-card storyline, TNT, t- TBS title, whatever it is. She's not a top star. No. She's just not, and I like her. But at a certain point, you have to recognize some people's limitations in terms of their ability to get over as a top person. Liv Morgan, probably never going to be a top, top, not going to be on the level of the four horsewomen. Good worker. Right. Good, solid worker. She sells great, by the way. Her selling this week on TV was outstanding. Um, mm-hmm. But she just doesn't have that thing. And Ruby just yeah. doesn't have that thing that Britt Baker has. Britt Baker has that thing in spades. Ruby's a better worker than Britt, but Britt has that thing. And Ruby but does. you know what? If they had put Britt and Tony and Ruby in this triple threat match, and it was a great match, and we got a definitive finish, and maybe you get some heat afterwards with like a beatdown, then that's a success for me. That's a good, you know, women's main event. Instead, it was a very thrown together match. It was probably what eight minutes before Sorry, Britt got oh, in yeah, there and started fucking uh, around. Also, then, a no DQ match uh, where not, Soraya not keeps Soraya, Soraya keeps interfering, and Jamie Hayter's at ringside and doesn't do anything. Just stands <laughs> there and watches all so the interference. Right there is where it all fell apart for me. It's like, okay, so this is just a schmoz, and now we're going to have Tony Storm bend over and spray paint her ass, and the commentators have to explain that it's an L. I mean, I am like glad Troy to see... said in the host thread, that's not how spray paint works. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps the biggest return in AEW history, Tony Storm's nice ass. Yeah. Because it's looking uh, a lot better. If you, yeah, if you would have had this match be Jamie Hader versus Soraya for the title, that at least that's something people are going to watch because it means something. It's a fucking title match. Yeah. Instead, it's just like, eh, here's three people. Yeah. You like one of them. <laughs> All right. Should we, ta- the, should we talk about Rampage be, now? Uh, yes. We could have had the winner get a title shot against Jamie Hayter. Instead, no. 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 Yeah, it's just a smash. All, All right, right. So, um, Sal, did you have anything you want to talk about or did you want to? Did you have a most from- important thing, Sal? Uh, I think we might be in agreement on this. The com- the tactical job done by Triple H with Sammy uh, Zayn's appearance on Monday Night Raw in his promo with Cody. Mm-hmm. Hats off. Because knowing the fickle internet fan and how he has fickle. been in the past few years... <laughs> Um, you do worry that with, as over as Sammy is when he loses, because he will, that people will just try to voice him into the main event of WrestleMania. Because we've seen it and before. It's yeah. true. And having this segment with Cody and Sammy, it is the first step in protecting Cody's moment mm-hmm. from Mania. Which is something Vince never thought of doing. Yes. Vince was like, oh, they'll they'll get they'll get off. Yeah. They'll be yeah. fine. Well, they'll, and, they'll just get louder. This is the problem. Yeah. And the and the best line <clears throat> of I don't want to see you on next raw. I want to see you at WrestleMania. I want to see you at WrestleMania. You're just like, 
Yeah, that's fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen, but it's perfect. <laughs> I don't know that I love self-doubt, Sammy. I would like to see yeah. Sammy a little more confident going into this match. No, it fits his character. I mean, this is a guy who followed around the Tribal Chief for eight months. You know what I mean? He had it drilled in his head that Roman is the be-all, end-all. Right, but then he hit him with a fucking chair. That should be a character transformation. Yeah. You shouldn't still be, you know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, no, the, the segment was fantastic, and it was booked perfectly to do what they needed it to do, because now it's not Cody competing with Sammy for who gets to be the one to knock off Roman. It's Cody cheering on Sammy, and then when Sammy doesn't do it, Cody gets to be the one to avenge Sammy. They've, they've positioned yep. Cody as Sammy's Avenger, and yes. for that reason, the crowd will get super behind Cody. I, I like I said last week, it's going to end up being Cody will be our last hope. And that's principles. the best story that you can put into me. And, and credit WWE for the tagline of finish the story with Cody, because it's a beautiful tagline for that. And, and mm. so mm. many different meanings to it. And I think it's great. I really do. Yeah. They are, they are do, leaning do very heavily onto the, the dusty roads thing though. I, I would like to see them throttle that back just a tiny bit. Yeah, I know that. I know it's one thing for Cayman like, to come out and do it; it's another for Corbin. You know. Yeah. Well, it, it yeah. Is, that's that's the meme too. Is like Cody Rhodes always talks about his dad. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's been around for a long fucking time. So. Yeah. For his first right. world title win in WWE, I'm okay with it. Sure. Well, yeah, uh, I just don't need Corbin involved. That's all. Oh well, that was just for this week. That was just <laughs> the Corbin. I love that. I love the fact that I love the fact that he was like, yeah, I, I I hate Cody Rhodes and and I hate his brother and I hate his dad. And it wasn't until he was going to say I hate his dog that Cody attacked him. <laughs> it's like, look, you can say what you want about my wife or, or my family. You talk about my dog. Talk about my dog. <laughs> um, um, quick shot. Quick shout out to uh, local New England talent Becca for her appearance in SmackDown against Lacey Evans. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know she was a yeah. local talent. Very nice. Yeah, she's been at APW a few times. As Becca? I don't yeah. remember that. As Becca. Okay. Scrunchy Squad. Did she fight a little Becca. mean Kathleen? Yeah. Okay, maybe I'm starting to remember that now. Um, Becca is uh, Becca is somebody I follow on, on Facebook, so I actually, have, I actually know of her, and I've seen some of her, her work, and she's very good. Very talented performer. Very charismatic, <laughs> very good character work. Oh, shit, what did they call her? Because it wasn't Becca, obviously. Uh, Carmen Harris or Harris or something. Nice. Um, speaking of the women, I thought it was a very interesting main event this week on Raw. They had hold on, hold on, hold on because before we get to Raw, and okay. there is stuff to take from Raw. Um, what did you guys think about the use of the Usos on SmackDown? Because you guys talked a lot about how they were going to do that last week, so I think it's it's worth talking about. It is still very um, intriguing because I, I was very surprised at how far they took it. I didn't think Jay would fist bump him. Mm-hmm. And again, and, and then they throw it in your face at the end of the episode because Heyman's like, yeah, you know, sometimes when you watch on TV, you see things that you don't see when you're at the arena. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, Which I loved because how often do we sit at home and go, 
I mean, yeah, kayfabe, whatever, but I mean, you know, this guy mm-hmm. could go back and watch the show watch and see you talking shit behind right. it. Yeah. Like, so the idea that Roman's watching the show live and saw that and told fucking Heyman, get your shit out of there, as a way to cover for the fact that the Usos aren't allowed in Canada, um, yes. was <laughs> really well done. <laughs> No, it was really well done. I also um, enjoyed the fact that Jay wrestled the whole match mm-hmm. better than if he just showed up. Because, um, first of all, the Usos proved they're the best tag team in the world for a reason. Uh, they can get a good match out of anybody. But it makes more sense that he would he would be there for his brother for the whole match. Mm-hmm. Um, well, oh, go ahead. They've, they've definitely set it up where uh, it's going to sting. When he turns on Sammy, yeah, mm-hmm. and and having that little of, of him fisting Sammy, yeah, you definitely made it where it's like, oh, it's gonna fucking suck, but it's going to lead to maybe them getting the take titles. But it's gonna so. be brilliant. It's gonna be like when Sammy turned on Roman and Roman just destroyed him. Like, yeah. Now I let know. me ask you this: yeah. When Jay turns on Sammy, most likely this, uh, not this Sunday, because he can't be in. Well, uh, Canada, but, but whatever. He, I, there again, are stories again. that they've cleared up everything, and they can't. Which, be there, which but. could definitely be, because you know. But here's the but, thing: even even if even if they haven't cleared up everything, Jay has always been allowed in, in Canada. It's Jimmy because it's he has Jimmy. two DUIs. Okay, so yeah. if Jay, well, when Jay turns on Sam, <laughs> yeah, do you think it's revealed that Roman was like orchestrated this whole thing and told him to fist bump him and that whole thing to to get him? Like uh, his trust, or do you think this is Jay ultimately just siding with the tribal chief? I don't know, and that's what's that's what's exciting about it yeah. is that it's something where I don't know how they're going to do it. Like we knew Sammy was going to turn on Roman, or Sammy was going to be out of the bloodline. We knew it, but we had no idea how they were going to go about doing it. And that to me mm-hmm. is makes it interesting and compelling. It really does. I just I just really hope that we get like a a backstage everyone being like, I need you to go fist Sammy Ooze. um are we walking into a rvd one night stand situation in montreal this saturday is it gonna be oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah something to see because usually the baby face wins in that atmosphere (laughs) it's gonna be fuck you roman from bell to bell yep and anytime Roman's beating Sammy, it's going to get really bad. Um, yeah. So, Sal. Yeah. How do you feel about the follow-up to, uh, you know, Bray Wyatt from from uh, Paper, from Royal <laughs> Rumble there? Well, he's not going to be at the chamber, so it makes sense to keep him off TV until the week after. I'm fine with that, as long as he's not on this Friday. So we're going to slow burn <laughs> the slow burn now. No, we're gonna gear up after the chamber. We're gonna gear up for his main whatever he's gonna do at Mania. Now, I've why heard, do we have to gear up? Because <laughs> you're not gonna have him at the chamber. So? They did do a vignette last week. You didn't like it. <laughs> there wasn't a vignette. Howdy putting his fucking hand on Bray's shoulder is not a vignette. Yeah. It's not a promo. It's yeah. Not uh, uh, okay. I feel. I, I just. Feel I sorry will for admit. I will admit it's 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 not looking great right this moment. <laughs> However, if he ends up doing nothing at Mania, I will be shocked. So let me see what he does going into Mania. Okay, uh, let's do let's just do this. So far, as of right now, everything about the return of Bray Wyatt after Extreme Rules 
one to ten, what do you give it? Ten being the best. I would give it a six. Throw up the ones. <laughs> I was going to say somewhere three or below because it, it's there's been like we've talked about this. I've I've harped on this. It's just there's no progression to this. To the point where now I'm just like, I don't even fucking want anymore. I don't want it anymore. I was fucking, I was frothing at the mouth to get more of this Bray Wyatt story. Now I don't even care. I'm done. I'm over it. I don't care. I don't care about watching Uncle Howdy dance every other week and not explain why he's there or not find out who he is or not find out what his connection is. I don't give a shit about guys in puppet costumes anymore, and I was super into that idea when they first did it. <laughs> don't give a shit. Go to Decent a furry convention. I'm done. There it is. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's the thing. I still want to know why. I still want to know who. I still want to know what the fuck is going on. And yes, I'm getting annoyed that they haven't told us that yet. And yes, they probably should have told us that two months ago. But God, it's got to be a fucking reason for it, right? Because here's the problem now. Here is the problem now. Whatever they do won't live up to the amount of time they've built this story. There's really nothing they can do now to live up to what they've, how they've set this up. At, at this point, unless it's The Rock as Uncle Haro Howdy, you're right. going to be like, oh, it's Bo Dallas, cool. Or... <laughs> they're gonna it's gonna be like oh it's some guy in dreads and us some of those fans are gonna be like that's fancy that's cool sucks that they kind of drug their feet on it so much but it it's cool he's there which again Do it's you like think we will yeah. get to the point where and i've heard this rumor bray versus uncle howdy and me maybe but, but if I that's care? the case then uncle howdy's gonna be someone like, actually be someone, like, whether it be, well, it's, it's, you know. It's Bo. It's Bo Dallas. We know it's Bo Dallas. Come on. <laughs> Can Bo it's still Bo. go? I thought he retired. <laughs> well, I mean, he, like, I think the I question guess. I think the question should be, could he ever? But, you know. Was Bo was a very good worker back in the NXT days. Yeah, back they in the Adrian Neville yeah. days, yeah. They don't, they don't need him to, it's, it's a pretty wide match. They don't need him to go. <laughs> that no, much. that's fair. That's fair. It's about. It's going to be a bunch of like spooky posturing and stuff like that for most of the match. So, but uh, clearly he could still go. I mean, he he did a big fucking elbow drop that completely missed a lot night. So, and he's getting in a lot of cardio boost. with Liv Morgan, I'm sure. Oh, for sure, dude. She looks like she goes for a couple hours. By the way, when you look at the uh, the earlier, not the earlier, we'll call it the Attitude Era career of the Undertaker. Not everything he did in the '90s was like a home run. There was a lot of like, the fuck you know, you're that? talking to the the least big Undertaker fan on the network, right? No, I know, but that's the guy who they always compare Bray to. They had that little moment at Raw 30, and like, I was thinking like there was a time when the Undertaker came down from the ceiling in bat wings and fought an execution. I, I guess the best way I can explain <laughs> this is, and this is sort of this is actually being done sort of very AEW like, which is. They'll finally get to a point, and they're like, "Hey, hey, remember this thing like four months ago that we did?" And I'm like, "No." Yeah. Oh well, if you remembered that, then this would have really mattered to you. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. 
Like a small progression every week to get to the crescendo, I'm fine. I enjoy that. That's wrestling. That's taking me on the ride. But what we're not doing, we're not, we're not taking me on the ride. We're getting in the car. We're stopping at the Holiday Inn Express. We're staying for three weeks. Then we're getting back in the car. We're driving to the gas station. Then we're going back to the hotel. We're still, we're never getting anywhere. For sure. All right. <laughs> I, I believe that it's time to make things a little bit more lighthearted before we go into our predictions. Well, hold on, we haven't even talked about Raw, really, right? Anybody yeah, we were, gonna, we were going to talk about Raw very quickly. We won't take that long. But if we're going to spend that much time on AEW, damn it, we're going to talk about Raw. Uh, yes. I mean, not that it so, was a huge week on Raw, but, you know. Well, okay, so let's talk about that triple threat with Becky and Bianca and Bailey. Now, I was surprised that they do a match like that on Raw, because I'm like, that's, that could be a pay-per-view match, right? Um, but I kind of like the premise that if Becky or Bailey won, they'd be added to the chamber and the match would start as a triple threat. But if um, Bianca won, then she prevents them both from getting in. Um, what'd you think of that? Wh- who, which you? Uh, either. <laughs> um, it was a different spin on something, and I liked it. Um first issue i have and this is this is a small thing but this is the old school wrestling guy in me i never want the face to want less competition does that make sense yeah they should be they should want all right bianca should want all comers she shouldn't want to keep anybody out of the cage it should have been like let's start with a fatal four-way in the cage and let them all in fuck it let's do it i want to beat them all that should that to me is the first issue i had with it i guess it felt a little off for the face to have that reaction. Um, but yeah, to your point, I think it was a potential big match that they gave away almost as a throwaway, just for purposes of building to a match rather than having that be the match built to. Um, right. So yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Um, credit Becky for being willing to um, go out there and take another loss. Bailey, same thing. Um, I don't know that anybody's sort of been to, on on their return taking as big a hit as Bailey has. She just hasn't felt important. She's just felt like she's there to get everyone else over and not herself anymore. And at one point, when when she was on SmackDown as the longest win, reigning women's champ, um, I loved her segment every week. Yeah. I thought it was it was and, good television, and now and I, oh god, sorry. If we get to where I think we're going, which might be a six woman tag involving Lita and possibly Trish, but it can't be if it's truly going to be Ronda and Shayna going for the tag titles at WrestleMania, which is what we've yeah. Got. But like like unless Troy Damage Control loses the titles, I was going to say we've seen them lose them before. And who do they lose them to? Hayden and Casey. I don't know. <laughs> Well, Shane is feuding with Natalia, so we could put the tag titles on Natalia. <sighs> that's probably where we're going if that's what we're doing. Natalia, well, and God knows who. She is a partner, so I'm sure Tamina will team up with her. Maybe it's Liv Morgan. <sighs> Liv Morgan's got a lot of heat with Ronda. That's true. Yay. Liv and Natalia. Yeah, but wouldn't they have to beat Damage Control to have the feud with 
Yes. Rhonda and Shayna. Yes. So why would Liv and Natalia? Didn't they already fight Damage? Because at least Natalia has. I know she has. Well, Liv and Natalia are both faces now, so. Yeah. That's right. Natalia's a baby face because that's believable. Um, she's actually better off as a baby face because she's not believable as a heel. So. She's not believable. You could just end that yeah, sentence right there. Fair. Very fair. Uh, um, anything else happen on I just want to give a special shout-out to the fucking work Dominic Mysterio did again in that Valentine's Day segment with Rhea Ripley. My God. <laughs> Walking into the restaurant, he's like, man, I hear they got really good wine here. It's better than what we used to make in the toilet. And finally Rhea's like, yes, yes, I know. You made you made wine in the toilet. Can we just stop talking about it? <laughs> shout-out, too, to uh, Ray's wife for barely keeping in fucking giggling the entire yes. time. <laughs> yes. Because uh, that has to be fucking difficult for somebody who's not I, trained to sit there while this is going you, on. I gotta tell you, I sit here and I'm, I, as soon as I start, I'm like, oh fuck, we're doing another holiday with the Mysterios segment? Like, is this going to be a thing? And then I'm like, oh, this is fucking great. I don't, I don't want to like this, but I do. Right. It uh, uh, it sort of reminds me of when we were doing... Tom uh, like skipping the, out on the check, like, because some cops come into the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, it it reminded me of the old like Gargano segments where yeah. you're like, where at first you're like these are garbage and you're like okay these are fucking funny mm-hmm. as hell. <laughs> All with the way, yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else that you guys want to talk about in terms of wrestling? I still love Rick Boogs, but other than that, no. he's got a few catchphrases he's trying to get over. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta try something, man. He said something like I'm boogsing up. Yeah, boogsing out. Yeah. Freaking out! Nice. Hey, let's talk about some jobbers, huh? Let's do it. So, if you if you don't remember this game, uh, there's no winners or losers uh, in this. It's just for fun. But I have provided the gentleman here with three names, and one of them is an actual name of somebody that did a jobber match in WWE. And the other two are made-up names to try to make these two laugh. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to start off with Sal. All right. I have three names for you, Sal. Jacob Caskets, Ryan Toombs, Bethany Corpse. Which one's the real one? Which one is the real one? Ryan Toombs. That's correct. That is Jordan Oasis for the on the independent circuit. Jason. So hold on before you. I I happen to remember that one. Do you know? Th- that was a Pat Patterson one years ago. Um, do you remember why that was? The isn't name isn't Tombs the real last name of Roddy Piper? Yes. Yep. Yeah. It was a real it Piper. Yep. Yep. Jason. Yep. Cat. Cardoza, Dog Doja, or Hamster Hamada? Oh, no. One of those (laughs) things is actually true. (laughs) I'm going to go with Cat as the real one. Cat Cardoza, also known as AW Superstar Layla Gray. Cat Cardoza. (laughs) (laughs) So, I I did love that Dog Doja instead of Doja Cat. That was a nice. <laughs> <idea>. <laughs> I don't think I didn't notice that one. 
<laughs> I try. <laughs> so, uh, Jerry Jurgens, Sebastian Suave, or Harry Head and Shoulders? Um, I believe I've actually seen this person <laughs> wrestle, so... Did, did they make Jerry Jurgens a jobber? That would be funny, but it's Sebastian Suave. Sebastian Sebastian Suave. That's the name he uses on the independent <clears throat> too. So they actually is it really? Some, oh wow! Yeah. Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Sierra Saint Pierre. Pierre Saint Sierra. Or Saint Sierra Pierre. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> uh, just because the third one's an amalgamation of everything, I'm gonna say that's the real one, just for details. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, now known as AW Zone Avery Bro, Sierra Saint Pierre. Was that the one I guessed on? <laughs> no, he okay. said St. Sierra Pierre. Okay. Sal. Yeah. Jack Toedo, John DeGato, or Jake Fingato? John DeGato. <laughs> Wrong. Jake Fingato, also known as AW's own Ariel Dominguez. And the last one for Jason. We have Jill Offerman, Ray Jazikoff, or Anal Fisticuffs. <laughs> okay, it's Ray Jazikoff. Anal. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ray Jazikoff, but I love that you put Jilling Off as the first one. That was really well done. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, uh, Ray Jazz. Also known as Ray Jazikoff in to, WWE. To be fair, I've worked with Ray Jazz before, so... See, th- th- this is why it's not for anything, because I feel like you've worked with almost everybody at this uh, point, so... He, I worked with him at Test of Strength, so... Nice. Good dude. Good worker. Right on. All right. A little bit of moment of levity before we get to our Elimination okay, Chamber can we predictions. Just one more thing before we get to the predictions, because we didn't sure. touch on this. Um I want to talk a little bit about NXT because I think I really actually enjoyed this week's episode of NXT. Um, you guys talked last... First off, Grayson Waller and Tyler Bate, really good match. I actually would have liked to see that with a build at a, at a premium live event or something. And maybe we will again in the future. Who knows? Um, it does seem to be trending towards Grayson Waller versus HPK. I don't know if that's where they're going. It really seems like that's where we're headed. Gosh, that would be a fun match, though. Uh, oh, my God, it would be so good. The promos leading up to it would be great, too. Um, but you guys talked, and, and this is an interesting conversation, is where does Roxanne Perez go for Stand and Deliver? Um, they set up Mako Satamora as her challenger for Roadblock. They very clearly made it a case, like, she's the Roadblock, so clearly that's where they're going for Roadblock, but still leaves her dance card open for Stand and Deliver. I don't know where they're going for Stand and Deliver, but the more and more I watch, the more I think that the person who eventually take that title off her is Tri- Tiffany Stratton. Sure. Yeah. They I are, thought that they girl... They are booking Tiffany like a goddamn superstar right now. I well, she thought is a that superstar. girl <laughs> looked Super like Tooth? a superstar a couple weeks yeah. ago. 
And then this week happened, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that is that. And I, she did. She oh, she altered her gear just a little bit, and her her presentation, her entrance was was. <laughs> she got a little, little, little more space she, in the uh, top. Is that what you mean? A little she, bit. Yeah, she, she altered something else too. <laughs> um, I was actually talking about the lower half because that was impressive this week That's as well. Not bad at all. Um. Yeah, she looks like a star. She could be definitely a huge part in this division. Um, it's good to see, man. She, she's doing some good things right now. And uh, the other question, what did you feel about J.C. Jane's first solo heel promo? Troy, did you happen to catch it? Because I, I did, but... <laughs> I think it's it's very funny that Gigi was the one that got Marty Jannettied when she's so clearly the Shawn Michaels of the duo. <laughs> Is she, though? I, well, I don't know if JC's the Shawn Michaels. <laughs> I feel you might like, be looking at a Leaf Cassidy <clears throat> Marty Jannetty situation. I feel like Gigi is the better talker and the better looking, and JC is the better worker. Backwards. Flip but that. Flip that. Okay, sure. No, I. But well, so here's here's the thing. Gigi is probably the better worker of the two, though okay. she had some issues with that tag match they had when they got called up to the main roster for that women's yeah. tag title tournament. Um, she was not sharp in that match. JC is definitely the personality. She's definitely the bigger, louder. Gigi's not doesn't come across as super comfortable when she's on the mic, especially in her own. That's why I thought she was so great in Toxic Attraction. She could sort of blend mm-hmm. in, let Mandy handle the heavy lifting, and even in the tag team feuds, if you notice, JC was the one usually doing the talking. Um, sure. I thought JC came across really well. Certainly room to improve. Yeah. Um, a little less of, like, the screeching... Yeah, that's kind of rough on her. Her delivery is very, like, she's she's trying a little bit too yeah, much. Yeah, and, and I feel like it was her first time out there in this role, and she mm-hmm. was sort of trying to do maybe a little bit too much and maybe a little bit of a less is more situation. But I mm-hmm. think there's definitely something there as a top heel at some point. Sure. I feel like the way that she looks is going to make it difficult if she ever tries to go face because she looks more like a natural heel. Mm. And whereas Gigi, I feel like her being, because she's face now, right? Yeah, I was <laughs> home, yeah. So I feel like she's kind of more she's natural. She's face even with that she, ass. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's going to be interesting, because the only thing I've ever seen her as is a heel. Even when she was Priscilla Kelly, she was always very much a heel. Right. So it's going to be very interesting to see her as a face. Um, it, it almost feels like she has to do like a completely new gimmick, because I, it, she was a face for like a hot second, right? When, mm-hmm. right, right when she first debuted. Oh. Yeah, and then like they quickly turned her kind of thing. So it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, JC for sure, she's got that more natural heel appearance and everything in that. And obviously, you know, Sean's going to help her with the cadence and everything in that for for her promos. But I'm interested in what the match is going to look like because 
because I think that they have such good chemistry together when they were a team that I think facing each other that's going to show through. I think they'd so. have been better on the main roster as a unit, but you know, yeah. I think I think plans probably changed once Mandy left too. Because yeah, she I feel like said, there was a couple things about this promo that kind of bothered me. Um, she wasn't naked. Well, yeah, there's that. But didn't she just insinuate you didn't see it? No, no, I saw it. No, he said, I, he asked I, if you had I seen it. I just you to talk about it first. Oh, um, I felt like you were stalling because you hadn't seen it. <laughs> no, I, I did. I, I watched the first hour NXT, but... Gotcha. So, first of all, I understand it's NXT. They're, they're going to try things out. They're going to see, a, you know, kind of like work through some some kinks. But um, that at one point, she, <laughs> she went into this whole, it's all about me. And it was a carbon copy of like Emma's like bad cop character, mm-hmm. and I was like, it's mm, a little cringy. And then they kept, you know, they replayed the the moment from uh, Ding Dong Hello last week, and I'm sitting there like, you know, it's different. It doesn't really work as well when both people come into the to the promo's heels, because then there's not a turn. JC's still a heel. Except for she's more heel. Yeah, but they built sympathy for Gigi with the way oh, yes. the brutality think, of the attack. I think when Gigi comes back, it's going to be a great feud. But like right now, like as a standalone, I'm like, this is why it's not what the Rockers were because the Rockers were like this beloved face team. And yeah, like, I mean, you had a decade like, of the Rockers as a team sure. to build off yeah. of too. Versus two years with right. with Toxic Attraction. I get that. It just. Um, Right now, the best thing for JC's character, in my opinion, is Gigi. So as soon as she comes back and they have a confrontation, I think we're no. I think we're good to go. No, you don't think? I, so? I think you need to build JC for a while. I don't want to see Gigi for. Oh, well, I do, but I don't want to see Gigi for storyline purposes for a little while. Um, okay. You still got a little time between now and stand and deliver. So let's let's ride that. Oh out. yeah, I didn't mean like next week, but like. I think that's where the money. I think that's where it's going to pick. I want to see JC. I, I, I need to see JC wrestle. I want to see JC really get over in the ring as a heel on her own, and then make that moment when Gigi returns matter. You know how you do that? Give her some jobber matches. Yeah, Let her absolutely. kick the shit out of some some local girls. Absolutely. And and have that. And you know what? Her finisher can be a boot to the face. The one thing that the, the one thing that NXT has a lot of are women, <laughs> so there's plenty oh, of people you can throw at her. Didn't we just start building something with Cora Jade, and now all of a sudden she's like not around anymore? I Maybe felt like they hurt. just cut a promo with her building. Was it Indy she was starting something with, and now Indy's yeah. just off doing something else now? Yeah, I don't know what's going on there, and it, that sucks because Cora's very good. Yeah, so. Yeah, and Cora would be the natural choice for Roxanne, too. Maybe for Stand and Deliver, like you guys mentioned last week. But I just hate going back to that soon. Like I, yeah, I man. almost wonder if Stand and Deliver is they're going to do something similar to when they brought Mickey James back for Asuka. They um, might. They might, because sort of, it, yeah. it's... Yeah. I know you could... There's a history, but since you just did the triple threat, I wouldn't go J.C. Jane and Roxanne. No. I think absolutely no. not. And J.C. needs to be established. Before right. Yeah. So you don't when want I look to take at the roster. I mean, there's a couple of girls like again Tiffany Stratton. I think that's more of a summer program. That that's be, the end game for Roxanne. Yeah, yeah. But um, if it's not Cora, 
then yeah, you got to bring somebody in. Electro, but it's got to be a heel, right? And that's the problem, right? Or Who's... I mean, you could play the respect angle, but it looks like they're doing that with Mako. I don't know if you want to do that back to back either. Or what if they bring somebody uh, kind of like what they did with the New Day, where you take an established star from the main roster and like a Sonya, maybe Dana Brooke. Ugh. I was thinking Sonya Deville, but. <laughs> At least that would play off a little better. Than Who would, so, so hypothetically, you've got you've got Sonny's also involved in sort of major storylines on TV right now. It would probably have to be somebody who's not. Lacey, <laughs> I don't think Zaylee is even NXT level title worthy. Shotzi, Shotzi's a face again, right? She's a face. I yeah. know, but. She's got an explosive style. It could work. You don't want to kill your new champion, though. That's right. true. That's a good point. That's <laughs> yeah, not mean, as easy. Yeah. It's definitely not. I'm, I'm definitely interested to see where they go with that because there is no obvious path. Obviously, Carmelo and Braun has been the obvious path for a while, even though some <laughs> of y'all motherfuckers keep picking fucking Braun Breaker to lose the title. I don't know why. Uh, not me. <laughs> uh, speaking of picks... There you go. Transitions. There we go. Segway Sal at it again. Head on over to... Salway. Which is also his Mexican name. Nice. (laughs) Head on over to rundownwrestling.com, and you will see our Elimination Chamber predictions poll. Or as it's called in Germany. Uh, No way out? No escape. No escape, right? All Jews must die? Something like that. (laughs) Go ahead and put your name in there. Um, okay, hold on. I got soon to be... Okay. All right. Enjoy so I did that. this a little... 45 pages. Yes. <laughs> uh, I did this a little bit differently. I, I threw in a couple of prop bets on this one okay. for extra points. But we're going to, in no particular order here, the Elimination Chamber match for the WWE United States Championship. You have Austin Theory, Seth Fuckboy Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Damien Priest, and Montez Ford. Sal, who you got? I don't think Theory needs this title at WrestleMania. I don't think Seth needs this title at WrestleMania. So I'm going to say Damien Priest wins it. Okay. Jason? I feel like if you take this title off of Theory already, you sort of validate all the shit people talked about Theory earlier. I think he needs a nice long run to establish himself as the future top guy that I think they want him to be. So I'm going to say Theory holds on to it. Yeah. I I hate to say it, but I feel like Theory holds it till Mania. So I'm going with him as well. Plus, if if it's true, if the stories are true and the rumors are true that there's going to be something with Theory and Cena at Mania, mm-hmm. who made the U.S. title more famous than John Cena in, in WWE? Right. He made it a spinner. U.S. title <laughs> open, yeah. Yep. U.S. open title. For sure. Yeah. Maybe so, Theory. Maybe Theory offers a U.S. open, and Cena accepts it. There you go. We have then our prop bets, the first and the second entrant in the row. Which are basically the same thing. So, 
as long okay, hold on, as... Okay, hold on, hold on, because I, I want to make sure I'm clear before I pick this. Hold on. Are we talking about... I was about, just trying to make it clear. Are you the first two that pick it, or the first... When you say first, in, like, the first person to come out is usually somebody that goes into the chamber. So the technically, that's the two... first person to enter the chamber. That's why I'm confused. Yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> the first two people that are against each other in the match. Okay. The guys the match, that, match, the bell the guys, yes, the guys that do not enter the pods. Okay. The guys that are already in the ring. And it doesn't matter if you if you pick correct for both of them. It doesn't matter if one of them came out first or the, or the other one over that. It's just the first two people. Okay. There. So even though it is separate as first and second, I will count it. So even if you say, like, oh, Austin, there's a second entrant, and he's the first one that comes out, I'm still counting it. So the first two non pod entrants. Yes. <laughs> Jason. Uh fuck, I just started thinking about this. Alright, um For purposes of the fact that he's an Iron Man, I'm gonna say Gargano first. Okay. Um I don't think it'll be theory. I think they're going to want to save Rollins because they're going to be sinning while he's in the cage. Let's go Gargano and Priest. Son of a bitch, that's who I picked. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're going you're gonna to save Reed to come out and clean house out of the pod. So he's probably not going to start the match. <laughs> Maybe Montez Ford you could see in there. but And who has the uh, cardio so- to go the full length, too? And that, right. To me, Gargano, Priest, Rollins, obviously, but I think they want to save the Rollins return. So. Yeah. So. I'm going Ford and Priest. I think okay. this is going to be a nice little coming out party for uh, Montez Ford. Okay. Oh, obviously, no. <laughs> obviously, we know um, for that ass. <laughs> he is amazing in the ring, but I, I, I just think we get a little bit of a showcase. Is the first person eliminated from the elimination chamber? Oh, that's easy. Well, so. actually, yeah, I'm going to go with it. Bronson Reed. <laughs> it's Jason. So every fiber in my being wants to go for the home run here and say that it's Logan Paul costing Seth Rollins. Okay. <clears throat> but I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to go with the one that I think people look at as being least likely to win and say Montez Ford. Boy, we're going to get a lot of these the same then because I picked Ford as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Look, I love the guy. I think he's he's fantastic. But up against these other five dudes, he's kind of the weakest link up. But he is going to do something fucking amazing with the cage. Oh, like, he's going to jump off one of the pods. So I don't think it's going to be a quick elimination. I think he'll be yeah. around for a while in the match, but... No, I th- I think I think there's a chance you get all six people in the match before you get the first elimination. Yeah, possible. Then we go to the elimination chamber match for who faces the Raw Women's Champion at WrestleMania 39. I guess I could have just put who faces Bianca because yeah. she doesn't have a match. But anyways, uh, Jason. Well, I know you're picking Natalia, so uh, no, I've said this since they announced it's Asuka for me. All right. Sal? Yeah, I'm picking Asuka. Yeah. Liv, Liv sort of had her moments. Uh, she was the best thing of the Elimination Chamber where she fucking sat on the side of the cage. So I just, yeah, I, I think it's going to be Asuka. So who are the first two people 
Let's start this match off. So. Liv Morgan and Nikki Cross. Okay. Uh, so I am going with, because they fucking love to do it, I'm going with Natalia and Nikki Cross is starting off the match. Jason. I think they're going to want a hot start, so I'm going to go with Liv Morgan and Asuka. Okay. I think Asuka's going to run the table. All right. Uh, first, first person eliminated. Jason. Uh, I'm going to say... I'm stuck between two. Um... Mm. I'm gonna this, s- one. this is tough because there's two I could see. I could see it being Nikki Cross. I could see it being Carmella. Um, <sighs> Carmella just came back. I'm going to say it's Nikki Cross. Okay, because I'm going to say Carmella. Sal? <laughs> I'm going to say Natalia. Nah, they're going to do pos- Natalia. Uh, fucking day, it's in Canada. It's in oh Canada. shit! Oh, wait, 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 wait. Change it now. Too late. No, no, I didn't hit submit yet. I, didn't know it was, I forgot it was in Canada. Uh, Nikki Cross. Yeah. So you change That's it to steal my fucking answer, you douchebag? All right. I didn't. I, look, you look at these girls in this match. Like you said, Carmella just came back. Raquel's gonna be in there till the end, or at least very close to it. Yeah. I don't think Liv gets jobbed out that quickly. Um. So yeah, there's really only a couple people it could be. So. Now that now that we've determined it's in Canada, Natalia actually matters. So, all right, a mixed tag team match: Edge and Beth Phoenix against Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. I don't see, even even though she wouldn't be the one taking the pin, I do not see Rhea Ripley losing before WrestleMania. So I'm gonna say Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley win this one. Who you got, Jason? Yeah, I think there's just so many outs for Edge, and obviously Dominic can get involved. There's so many different things that could happen. Obviously, if Dominic gets involved, maybe Ray gets involved, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley, because I don't think they are. I, th- I think they want Rhea going in there hot to Romania, and a, a win over Beth Phoenix would be a nice way to do that. Mm-hmm. So... I'm going to say that Edge and Beth Phoenix win most likely by DQ. Sure, still a win. His singles match between Barack Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. Sal, who you got? Let's go Bobby. Okay. Jason? I don't think they're sending Brock Lesnar into Mania, having lost two out of three to Lashley, so I think Brock Lesnar wins. Yeah, I gotta agree on that. I think Brock's winning it. And it's just a singles match. So you can easily turn around and have Brock fucking cheat to win, even though he's a face, and set up some kind of stipulation match down the line. And finally, the match that everybody is hotly anticipating, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Roman Reigns against Sami Zayn. Jason. So, I think Roman Reigns wins. What I'm going to say is WWE never, I mean, typically it's been Vince, but WWE as a whole have never missed an opportunity to play off this history. And I think what we get is some form 
of Jay turning on Sammy in the new Montreal screw job. Okay. That's how Roman wins. All right. I got Roman winning, and then obviously shenanigans afterwards. Sal? Yeah, I got Roman winning. Um, I'm really wondering if, if this is one of the situations where it's just Roman and Paul Heyman out there, and Roman does cheat, and then after the match, we kind of get more more of the story, and maybe Jay comes out then. But like ultimately, Roman does this without any help. Possibly. Maybe maybe he kicks him in the nuts. <laughs> That's what's great, man. Is like even we talk about it, about it all the time that like predictable doesn't always mean bad. And even though you can predict that he's not dropping the titles. You don't know how he's not dropping the titles. <laughs> That's what's great about this. Because there is a lot of different ways they can go. To, they can easily turn around and just have him get DQ'd. So that way Sammy doesn't lose. And Roman still gets to you say don't that he hasn't that. been pinned. No, I was going to say, I think... That. You don't I, I want any ambiguity. Because ambiguity is going to create the fans right. sitting there going, well, fucking add Sammy to the main event of Mania. That, if you don't, we're going to boo. However they handle this... I think they will handle it the right way, but they have to tread very, very carefully because mm-hmm. they may create a which, Sammy movement. Which is why they book this match. Which is why Jay turning on Sammy makes all the sense in the world because now Sammy wants revenge on Jay. Right. And you get so you transition that heat. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right, go ahead and hit submit on that. And we will be back next week to discuss the pay per view and discuss what you oh, chose. I just uh, now that now that I've hit submit, I can submit my Vengeance Day predictions. All right, let's see. Uh, NXT <laughs> Women's Tag Team Championship. <laughs> oh. um, I, I do want to get this on record, Troy, because I know he's your favorite wrestler in the WWE. Uh, do we get Owen showing up at the end of, of this? Of course. Of course. Do you think so, or they wait? They wait on that. You think? I mean, it's it's, it's still Canada. It's in Canada. <laughs> he's Canadian. I feel like I feel like he will he will make an appearance at the end and they'll get a fucking huge pop and that'll set up the take team match. He'll come and save Sammy from the beatdown is my thought. If if he's not, that sucks. But I understand it because you're still trying to make it seem like he got because he got the shit kicked out of him. So it would it would be understandable for him not to make the trip. But yeah, I, I think he's shot up. All right. Unless we get anything else that we want to talk about? Nope. Just to play off of that, I don't think he shows up. I think they get that heat with Jay and, and Roman on Sammy. They leave Sammy laying, and that's okay. how they go off the air. Possibly. I think I think to send the crowd home happy, knowing that they're going to be pissed Sammy doesn't win, you have Kevin come out and make the save, and then so yeah, I could see that as their way to send the crowd. Because again, if it's Vince, he doesn't give a shit if the crowd goes home unhappy. But I right. do think Triple H, it matters to him that they go home happy yep. in the scenario. Is that is that why they sing at Clash of the Castle? <laughs> well, yeah, because there was they were supposed to be off the air at that point, and they weren't. <laughs> so no, yeah, saying, they, but Drew lost, and they didn't send the crowd home happy in that way. Like I did, they think. Say, do a little sing-along. They gave Tyson and Fury's involvement. They, got, they did something to make the crowd yeah. happy before they left. Exactly. So, yeah, I think... And if you don't show it on the pay-per-view, I think you still have them come out and do something afterwards. All right, Jason. Send us out home. <laughs> <laughs>
I guess that means we will run your ass down next time. Bye-bye. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at rundownnetwork. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling. And you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production.